This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The year was 1955. One of my uncles presented me with a set of tickets, special tickets, unique tickets, to a new entertainment zone. It was held in Anaheim, California. It was called Disneyland. That was in 1955. I was 10 years of age, and I will still remember the way those tickets were presented. It wasn't like tickets today. No, you got specialized tickets, and they were all calibrated according to different kind of rides, and you had to use a certain amount of, a certain value of tickets in order to get a certain kind of ride. Well, it was very exciting for young kids in those days, and it's still exciting for young kids and older kids and their parents, even today all over the world. But something has happened. Something has happened in the aura of Disney. It has nothing whatsoever to do with its founder, Walt Disney, but everything to do with those that took over after him. In the 1950s, Disneyland expanded into the music, Disney, Walt Disney, that is, expanded into the amusement park industry. And then in July of 1955, he opened Disneyland in Anaheim, California. And that's exactly when I was privileged to open up Disneyland for the world. Well, at least be a participant there at 10 years of age. And today, we want to take a look at Walt Disney. We want to take a look at Disneyland and Disney World and the whole world of Disney, corporate Disney. And here's what we're going to look at. Will Disney determine America's destiny? In what way? Would Disney determine America's destiny? I'm not talking about Walt Disney now. I'm talking about the company that was formed using his name. Disney and America's destiny. That's what we want to look at here today on Viewpoint, and I'm so glad that you've joined us this conversation. As always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. There's no question about it. Disney captured the imagination of children everywhere, particularly initially in the United States. And uh, yet, believe it or not, the American Dictionary of National Biography that has come out recently says that the earlier valuations of Disney hailed him as a patriot, a folk artist, and a popularizer of culture. But more recently... Walt Disney has been regarded as a paradigm of American imperialism, an intolerance as well as a debaser of culture. Was Walt Disney a debaser of culture? Or are those who are accusing him of being a debaser of culture the actual ones who are debasing culture in the name of Disney? We want to look at all that here today on Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny, and it's a very important thing for us to understand a person's destiny or actually a person's viewpoint where do we understand the trajectory of their lives. Here's what's happened to Disney today. As an illustration, as you probably have heard, 
The Disney president of entertainment content said last week, I'm here as the mother of two queer children, one transgender and another pansexual, and we have many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and yet we don't have enough. We're going to have at least half of our stories filled with these people, these characters, she said. Do you think Walt Disney would ever have approved such a thing? I don't think so. In fact, he wouldn't. He wouldn't even have come close to approving such a thing. He might very well have vomited his own country out of his own mouth. That's probably what Jesus would have done. Vomit is a very strong word to describe somebody's revulsion at developments in a trusted company or at a church founded to uplift and inspire the imagination of children and families or to encourage their spiritual development. Jesus himself used the term, as you know, exposing the developments contaminating a church in the book of Revelation called the church at Laodicea. So is it too strong a term? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. In fact, it could very well be the trajectory of Disney has actually defamed the name of Walt Disney and destroyed his reputation. How do you destroy the reputation of a man who had one of the world's greatest reputations? for honor and righteousness and goodness and wholesomeness. How do you do that? Well, you do it one day at a time, one step at a time, one decision at a time, one movie at a time. And here we are. Here we are. Walt Disney was a committed, baptized Christian who said, quote, All I ask of myself is to live a good Christian life. And toward that objective, he said, I bend every effort in shaping my personal, domestic, and professional activities and growth. I have watched constantly that in my work, the highest moral and spiritual standards are upheld, unquote. But then he died the year my wife and I were married in 1966. And what has happened since? The trajectory of tyranny in our country? The absolute deterioration of everything wholesome and good and righteous? Who would have ever believed it? My wife and I would never have believed it when we were married in 1966, and Walt Disney would never have believed it when he died in 1966 from lung cancer. Yeah, he wasn't perfect. He had a cigarette habit he couldn't shake. Yet he would never be seen by children smoking a cigarette. And upon his death, Walt Disney was hailed for the values in his films as those considered valuable in American Christian society in 1966. So where are we today? Will Disney determine the destiny of America? Will it define the destiny of America? And if there is any hope, 
for that not to be the case, where is that hope? We want to talk all about that here today on Viewpoint. And I'm so glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And before we head into the first break, let me just advise those of you who are in the Massachusetts and Connecticut area who have been listening for some of you for 22 years to this program on WACE out of Chicopee, Massachusetts. That station has been sold and will go off the air on April 30th. Therefore, this program will not be able to be available there for you to listen, except how we allow you to do so and define how that could be possible right after this break. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Will Disney determine America's destiny? Or is America's destiny being defined by Disney? That's what we're looking at here today on Viewpoint. Now, before we go further into that subject, I want to talk to our listeners up there in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Many of you have been listening to this program for 22 years via satellite, and on terrestrial radio. It will not be available after April 30th because your station there, WACE, has been sold. So, here is how you're going to be able to listen to this program, and quite frankly, for many of you, it's going to be much better than just listening via terrestrial radio because there you were confined to a particular day, or excuse me, a particular hour of the day. Here's what you do. You go to our website, saveus.org, that's saveus.org, and then you click on Viewpoint. And there will be a drop-down menu, and you click on Archive. When you click on Archive, the last several programs will be brought up there, and you can access them. Just click on it, you'll be able to listen. But if you go down a little further... On the the uh, archive section there, to the month before, click on one of those programs, and it will take you to oneplace.com, and you will have to register. When you register there, once you register, you will be able to receive this program on your cell phone any time of the day or night, anywhere that you can receive. Believe it or not, the majority of our listeners today are listening on their cell phones just like that. So, that's what you do. We'll talk about it more uh, in later programs, but we want to get back to this issue of Disney and whether or not America's destiny is determined by Disney. Well, as we indicated, Walt Disney died in 1966, 
And upon his death, he was hailed for the values in his films as those considered valuable in American Christian society. By the way, that's a quote from the obituary in the New York Times, honoring him as a wholesome, warm-hearted, touching, and beautiful individual. Jordan Peterson is author of a blockbuster bestseller called 12 Rules for Life. And he said something that is seems very appropriate here. He said, if corporations let radical activists infiltrate the company's leadership, they'll be a Trojan horse and destroy the company. Now remember, Disney was seen as, what should we say, a representation of all American goodness. Las Vegas was called by Civilization Magazine as the heart of all American darkness. I kid you not, 1997. Cover story, Las Vegas Rising. Civilization Magazine, published by the Library of Congress, called Las Vegas the heart of all American darkness. But Disney was seen as a light to America was seen as a reference, a envisioning of wholesomeness, joy, fulfillment, family values, so to speak, in America. But if you allow people who don't believe in those values, if you allow people who do not believe in righteousness, who do not believe in uh, biblical truth, then if you allow them to infiltrate your company, guess what's going to happen? Exactly what's happened to Disney. It's happened in Hollywood, late night TV, corrupt corporate media controlling the information flow, and now it's becoming increasingly evident that the Disney Corporation is teetering on the edge of what Barack Obama once called the fundamental transformation of America. That's what Disney is showing us now. The fundamental transformation of America. Everything that was promoted as good, righteous, and worthy is now denigrated, and everything that is perverse, unrighteous, and unholy is celebrated and being promoted. Under the guise of inclusion, diversity, and non-discrimination, This anything-goes sexual uh, activity is being maneuvered into Disney and slowly but surely advancing the entire LGBTQ and all the other initials that follow it, that agenda. So seizing upon the progressive partnership with the media, entertainment, and radical the radical Democratic Party, they became emboldened to exploit the situation with Disney executives cowardly caving lest they should be perceived as bigots now here comes florida and ron DeSantis. he says look we don't have disneyland here we have disney world and this is even much bigger than disneyland because we have epcot center and so on we have all of this stuff going on down there by the way i recently uh, several years ago met a man who seized upon the opportunity 
once Disney bought up all of that land in Florida, and he began to invest in real estate in the very areas in which Disney was going to operate. And as a result of that, as a Christian, he became a billionaire. A very unassuming man, but he became a billionaire. He saw what was going to be developing through Walt Disney and his vision. But then it got perverted. It became more and more perverted. And in Florida, Ron DeSantis, the new governor, very courageous, decided to set up a bill that would prevent school teachers from teaching in any way kids from kindergarten through third grade in any of the uh, sexual perversion, transgenderism, bisexualism, homosexuality, lesbianism, all those things absolutely prevented them. It was called the don't say gay bill by those who didn't like it. It ultimately passed in Florida. Ron DeSantis signed it. But the Disney Corporation, seems like demonically inspired, engaged a frontal assault, just like the Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, academic institutions, school boards, churches across the nation, and went after Ron DeSantis and tried to cancel it. This happened by employees and the Disney Corporation. What do you think Walt Disney would have done? They have besmirched his name. If he were living, he might even be tempted to sue them for defamation. Now, think about this. In the book of Romans, chapter 1, there about verse 18 and following, the Bible tells us that when a society suppresses the truth and then turns the truth of God into a lie, eventually God is going to turn the people over to completely dishonorable passions, perversion, and, he descri- and, and it's the same kind of perversions that are described by those in the LGBTQ and all, all of those initials, I think there are 26 of them, lifestyle. So let's suppose that you participate in a gay pride celebration. Let's suppose that you are lining up along a parade route for a gay pride celebration. Do you know that God holds you equally accountable for engaging in that behavior as those who do it, because the Bible says so. Not only those who do those things, but also those who give approval to those who practice them. So Disney now, as a corporation, is not only encouraging people to engage in these perverse activities that are totally contrary to the creator and creation order, but they are defaming the name of their very founder, Walt Disney, and his entire life, where he said it was his duty to live a good Christian life. And he said to make the highest moral and spiritual standards upheld. 
Amazing, isn't it? So the question then is, is Disney determining America's destiny? Or is it reflecting America's destiny either way? And if so, what is America's destiny? Let's focus on that aspect. In order to get into that, I want to make available to you a copy of my book, Renewing the Soul of America, one person at a time, beginning with you. This is my second book of nine and now ten coming out in June. And this book is all about our country. It's all about the kind of change you can really believe in from God's viewpoint. And how would that change take place? What would be necessary in order to see righteousness resurrected in America? Well, the book is all about that, renewing the soul of America, one person at a time, beginning with you. And I want want to focus specifically on a chapter called The Lamp of Virtue. At the head of the chapter, it says, if I would have virtue, I must be virtuous. If I would have morality, I must be moral. If I would have goodness, I must be good. Well, that sounds an awful lot like what Walt Disney claimed as sort of a model for his life. But how often have we heard the word virtue anymore? Did you know that in 1992, the year the Lord spoke to my heart to leave the practice of law at the height of my career to plead his cause of the land as a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation. Did you know in 1992, Forbes Business Magazine, the foremost business magazine in America, came out with a feature, the 75th anniversary uh, uh, of their magazine. The whole issue was devoted to whatever happened to virtue in America. 1992, my friends. And the next year, Time magazine said that Americans had forgotten God. That they were creating a custom-made God, one made in their own image. So in 1992-93, it was a horrific fulcrum moment for all of America, shifting from the side of light to the side of incredible encroaching darkness. And the more I look at the history of our nation, the more I realize why God spoke to me in 1992 to do exactly what we've been doing here on this program now for almost 27 years. Day after day after day, discipling for destiny, preparing the way of the Lord, applying the word of God in poignant ways to the issues of our time so that we can see very clearly where we've been, where we are, and what we need to do about it. In other words, to give a message of hope, ultimately. But when was the last time you heard anybody talk about virtue? Did you know America was once known as the land of virtue? 
even in the model, the, the motto of Pennsylvania. Vir- virtue and liberty were linked in their motto. Our founders said we could not sustain any kind of freedom in this country, no liberty without virtue. So what happened to virtue? It took a major business magazine to bring this to the attention of the American people. Whatever happened to virtue? And that was in 1992, my friends. 30 years ago. You think it might be helpful to get a copy of the book, Renewing the Soul of America? 38 national Christian leaders thought so. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Anyone in America born from 1945 through about 1960 or so will always remember the Mickey Mouse Club. Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, forever let his hold his banner high, high, high. The Mickey Mouse Club. Some of the young people that were on the Mickey Mouse Club became quite uh, famous as a result of their uh, entertaining Fun, entertaining, wholesome, entertaining there on the Mickey Mouse Club. No more Mickey Mousing around these days. That's not good stuff. No, we've got to get out there and we've got to instill LGBTQ stuff, even in our kindergartners. That's what the leaders of Disney said in attacking Ron DeSantis as the governor of Florida. We're not going to have any of that bigoted kind of wholesome entertainment. No, that's bigoted. We're going to support all of these debaucherous activities and attitudes. That's what's really good. That's what's really virtuous. Really. How virtuous do you think George Washington, the founder of our country, thought it? Let me tell you how virtuous he thought it was. He said, as the commander in general, the commander in chief of the Continental Army, if I see or hear of any of you soldiers engaging in sodomy or encouraging others to engage in sodomy, you will be drummed out of the army the next day. That's what he thought of it. He did not consider it virtuous at all. That was the founder of our country. So virtue isn't a plague. 
It's moral goodness. It's purity in heart and motivation, intention. It's morally sound behavior. Virtuous behavior is that which seeks the best for those around us. It's not self-serving. No, it's, it's other-serving. Virtue is the outward display of inward, godly, and righteous character. So, the light of American liberty and virtue has grown very dim, and Disney is revealing it. America is quickly gaining a reputation throughout the whole world for vice rather than virtue, so much so that the president of Russia, that our president, who is supporting the whole LGBTQ agenda and then some, the president of Russia is declaring Russia now has become the moral example for the for the world and America has become the example of moral debauchery and decay and perversion for the whole world. Is he wrong? He says, I don't want that Western stuff coming in to my country. You're ruining your own country. You've ruined Disney. You're ruining your own country. Are you going to be allowed to come into my country and do the same thing? He said, no way, not on my watch. No, I'm not here to support uh, Vladimir Putin in all of the things that he does. I'm just telling you, I'm reporting the facts. Hmm. Maybe there's another way to look at some of the developments other than what's promoted by Joe Biden. Now, I want to urge you to get a copy of the book, Renewing the Soul of America, because it's going to be so encouraging to you. Apparently, 38 national Christian leaders thought so, too. They believe that there had never been a book written in our generation like this book. Oh, lots of books about America, but not like this one. This was completely different. This was about you and about me. It wasn't about them. It was about you and me. It was about what you and I can do to change things in America, what you and I can be in order to bring about the change we think we want to believe in and that can be believed in. So we have such chapters as, let's just take a look look at a few of them here, right in the table of contents. A matter of principle, remembering our foundations, restoration of vision, nothing but the truth, our sacred honor, always faithful, take courage, faith and freedom, my brother's keeper, compassion that counts, the integrity gap, heritage and hope, a hope and a purpose, decision and destiny, Changing course. The lighthouse. Can America count on you? You see, if I would do what I must do, I must first be what I must be. Now, interestingly, Walt Disney, by his own testimony, told us what he wanted to be. Then he said, I am trying to order my life 
to follow the Christian foundations that I know my life must be based upon. So I want my attitudes, my decisions, my direction, all of the things that I'm doing with my company, I want those to be consistent with my professed Christian faith. That's what he said. How about now? How about among professing Christians who are living debaucherous lives, who are living lives of fornication, adultery, dishonesty, pride, unforgiveness, all of these kinds of things that are taking America down? How about us? Renewing the Soul of America. It's an $18 book, yours for $15, right there on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And by the way, if you've ever gotten any of our books, you know that these books were not written for the purpose of selling books. If they were, they would have been written very differently. These books, on the contrary, are written for the purpose of changing lives, strengthening our lives, giving us hope and direction and purpose and correction where necessary and vision so that we don't stray off the narrow path, so that we stay heading and pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, so that our nation can be strengthened by our own lives and by our own families. That's what these books are about. Even the book on Antichrist. It was amazing how many talk show hosts interviewed me across the country concerning that book, and almost every single one of them commented about how different it was than what they expected. They said, this is an amazing book because it's about the reader. It's not just about Antichrist. It's about the reader and why this is important to the reader for our own lives. So it's a transformative book, not just an informative book. Oh, it's vastly informative, all right. All our books are. But not for information's sake, but for transformation's sake. I hope you'll get a copy of Renewing the Soul of America. It will, uh, by the way, it's our best-selling book of all time. So the headline of the 75th anniversary edition of America's premier business magazine, Forbes, was called A Demoralized Society. In other words, we've taken morality out of our society. Here's some quotations from the article that would help us see uh, what, what they were really trying to get at. Moral concepts, still moral judgments, are understood to be somehow undemocratic and unseemly now. We pride ourselves on being liberated from such retrograde Victorian notions as morality and virtue. Today, we have so completely rejected the Victorian ethos that we deliberately and systematically divorce morality from public policy. In the current climate of moral relativism and skepticism, it is thought improper to impose any moral conditions or requirements. 
We're now confronting the consequences of this policy of moral neutrality. We're discovering that the economic and social aspects of these problems are inseparable from the moral and psychological ones. And having made the most determined effort to devise remedies that are so-called value-free, we find that these policies imperil the material as well as the moral well-being of their intended beneficiaries. And not only of individuals, but the society as a whole, we have demoralized American society itself. That's coming from a major business magazine, friends. In 1992, 20 years, uh, 30 years ago. So if that was true 30 years ago, what do you think is uh, the case today? As Disney itself has become a leader in disemboweling morality and virtue from our culture. Question, what will you do with your children and grandchildren? Will you expose them to the new movies and other kinds of uh, so-called entertainment that are coming out of Disney? Even the sexualization of their characters as led by the president of their entertainment saying they're trying to infuse at least 50% of their characters with the LGBTQ agenda? Are you going to be supporting that with your family's dollars? Ooh. It's breathtaking. It's utterly breathtaking. You would think virtue is a four-letter word. Wouldn't you? We'll be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about Walt Disney. A good guy really good guy. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Will Disney determine the destiny of America? Or... Is Disney reflecting the dis, uh, the destiny of America? But the founder of the Disney Corporation was Walt Disney. He was born December 5th, 1901 in Chicago. One of five kids. 
He was raised on a farm in Missouri. He became interested in drawing, selling his first sketches to neighbors when he was only seven years old. At McKinley High School in Chicago, he divided his attention between drawing and photography, and at night he attended the Academy of Fine Arts. In 1920, he created and marketed his first original animated cartoons and later perfected a new method for combining live action and animation. In 1923, Disney left Kansas City for Hollywood with nothing but a few drawing materials, $40 in his pocket, and a completed animated and live-action film. To connect with his brother Roy, who was already in California, who had $250 in his hand. So they pooled their resources, they borrowed an additional $500 and constructed a camera stand in their uncle's garage and soon they received an order from New York for the first Alice comedy short film. Then, believe it or not, in 1928, Mickey Mouse was created. Mickey Mouse made his screen debut in Steamboat Willie, the first world's first fully synchronized sound cartoon. That appeared in November of 1928. In 1932, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the first full-length animated musical feature, premiered in Los Angeles. It produced at the unheard-of cost of $1.5 million during the depths of the Great Depression. Still accounted as one of the great feats and imperishable monuments of the motion picture industry. And during the next five years... Walt Disney completed such other full-length animated classics as Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi. Believe it or not, back in, by 1937. In 1940, construction was completed on Disney's Burbank studio. At the sta as the staff there swelled to more than a 1,000 artists, animators, storymen, and technicians. In all, 81 features were released by that studio during... Walt Disney's lifetime. Disney launched in 1955 the fabulous $17 million Magic Kingdom there in Anaheim, California. That's where I made the debut with Disneyland on my 10th birthday. The Mickey Mouse Club and Zorro were popular favorites in the 1950s. Then Disney purchased, directed the purchase of 43 square miles of virgin land, twice the size of Manhattan Island in the center of the state of Florida, where he master-planned a whole new Disney world of entertainment to include a new amusement theme park, motel, hotel, uh, resort, vacation center, uh, experimental prototype of uh, Community of Tomorrow. He opened to the public as scheduled on October 1st, 1971, the Epcot Center opened in 1982. So, Walt Disney, himself, a legend, a folk hero of the 20th, uh, the 20th century. He did more to touch the hearts, minds, and emotions of millions of Americans than any other man in the past century. He brought joy, happiness, and a universal means of communication to the people of every nation, and our world shall know but one Walt Disney.
but how about those that are supposed to be carrying his banner? Oh, they not only have not carried it, they have reversed it. They have taken that which was honorable, moral, healthy, uplifting, and holy, and turned it into a perversion, debaucherous, destructive, undermining every single foundational principle of Walt Disney's life. So, if we continue to support Disney in its current trajectory, what we actually are doing is supporting the destruction of America and a very, very unholy destiny. It's as simple as that. I don't like the idea of... uh, uh, I, I just don't like the idea of... Uh, just not paying money to this, that, or the other. <clears throat> but you know what? There comes a point in time where we've just, we just have to decide. Disney is a big deal. We cannot continue to allow our dollars and our time and our attention and our focus and our children and grandchildren to be subjected to this debaucherous perversion. The spirit of it is rancid and unrighteous. Can't do it. When Alexis de Tocqueville came over here to this country in 1830 to discover what it was that made America great, one of the things that he found was that there was no country in the world where the Christian faith contained a greater influence over the souls of men than in America. Virtue and morality were the foundation, rooted in the laws of nature and nature's God. Noah Webster, founder of American Education, wrote, the moral principles and precepts contained in the scriptures ought to form the basis of all our civil constitutions and laws. All the miseries which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, Injustice, oppression, slavery, and war proceed from their despising and neglecting the precepts contained in the Bible. Walt Disney, in his own words, dedicated his life to supporting those principles, those who have followed him to their destruction. Now, here's the problem it's not just about Disney. It's about you and me, because virtue begins at home. Yeah, virtues have morphed into values, the word values, to camouflage our own hypocrisy. We talk about values. Everybody talks about values, but they never get defined. And there's a reason for that. It was not until this present century that morality became so thoroughly relativized and subjectivized that virtues ceased to be virtues and became what were called values. It began, by the way, in the 1970s when I was a public school teacher in California. That's when they began it. Gertrude Himmelfarb wrote in a contribution to Forbes magazine there in 1992 called The Demoralization of Society. 
values float freely on the sea of relativity, while virtues are anchored firmly in timeless truth. Virtue begins at home. Friends, virtue begins in the little things. In the little things. So, here's a suggestion. Give God a crack into your mind. Your own thoughts, your inner being, your heart. What does he see? What do you see? What do your kids see? If you were to sell your character, would you get full retail? Or would it go for a bargain basement price? Would a jury of your peers find you to be a virtuous person beyond a reasonable doubt? (laughs) Interesting question, isn't it? It was interesting. A call and desire for virtue seemed to be rising in the land back along about 1992-93. Newsweek even spoke of the politics of virtue. A nationwide poll of the Los Angeles Times back in 1993 revealed that 78% of Americans were fed up with America's moral decline. The most shocking, however, was that only 11% believed their own behavior had contributed to nation's moral problems, and 96% of those that said the nation was going to hell morally believed they were doing an excellent job teaching their kids about moral values. And It's just unbelievable. We don't see the reality of our own lives. A striking disconnect between the virtues that we Americans say we desire in our country in contrast to the radically different perception of our own personal role in achieving a truly virtuous society. Hmm. You know what Newsweek said about that? Here's a liberal news magazine. They said the real risk is that the virtue movement would become just another example of what was becoming a leading American character trait, talking a good game. In other words, playing pretend. So, the real test of our character is not the laws we pass, but the lives that we lead. Maybe we should kind of wrap up with the words of Alexis de Tocqueville that so many of us remember from his book, Democracy in America. He said, America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. If America, America's future depends on your example of virtue and morality, what is America's future? If America's future depends upon Disney and their translation of their founder's life, Walt Disney, what is America's future? Not pretty, is it? In other words, Disney is defining America's destiny. And how you and I, as honest and purportedly righteous and godly American citizens, deal with our allegiance to Disney in its current form will determine our allegiance to the future any hope-filled future of a restored, godly country. 
It's true. Seriously consider getting a copy of my book, Renewing the Soul of America. I think it will be so encouraging to you. It sets a tone uh, through our history. It has over 500 quotations for national leaders, uh, including our founders and so on. Uh, it sets a tone, a direction for each one of us. It's not a book about them. It's a book about you and about me. It's about what we must be if we have any, any hope. In other words, it's kind of like putting feet to your own prayers. Oh, we say we want revival in America. We say we want revival in the church, but not really. Not really, because very few are willing to change. So indeed, we're yielding to what Barack Obama announced as the fundamental transformation of America, defining deviancy down. Is this making sense? I hope so. Day after day, year after year, for 27 years now, come next month on May 7th, we have been pleading the cause of men before a jury of our peers, the American people, and particularly the Church in America. Time is running short. It's time to prepare the way of the Lord in our lives, not just for the restoration of our country, but for the preparation of our children and our grandchildren for the coming of the Lord. I'm so grateful for the privilege of being able to join you here on Viewpoint. I hope that you will become a partner. Many of you are listening for the first time or have just become recent uh, new listeners. We know that to be a case all across the world. And uh, please, seriously consider becoming a partner. Don't wait for the other guy to do it. If you only knew the limited budget that we have, you'd be shocked. So, join with us, will you? God's trusting you and so are we. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.